0: If you'll find your place in Matthew's Gospel, we're going to be in chapter 15 today with a message entitled, Lip Service and Faith. Sounds exciting, right? Sounds exciting. Um, It won't be really because of the, the truth of the matter and, of course, who's involved, the Pharisees, as always. But let me just introduce the the text and the message this way. This may very well be one of the most common experiences of humanity. We talk about what we can do or what we will do, and it can sound really convincing. There's only one problem. And we don't follow through. We talk about it and make it sound really good. Oh, I can do that. Or I'm going to do that. But then what happens when we don't actually do what we say we're going to do? I mean, the way we explain our plans is amazing. And it usually satisfies whoever it is that's counting on us to keep our word, at least temporarily. But imagine how disappointed they are when our words end up being empty and our actions just don't match up to what we said, there is a reason why there's such a thing as a cliché. And it's because they're mostly true, right? They're, they're funny, but it's because they're mostly accurate. And this one may be a little bit more true than most. Actions speak... Right? Actions speak louder than words. So seeing this happen in the world is one thing. But seeing it happen in the church is something altogether more terrible. It really is the most selfish and foolish act imaginable. And I have alluded to this a little bit earlier. It's not as if we could ever begin to fool God right that that's impossible he knows our hearts he created us he saw our unformed substance he knows us better than we know ourselves and if our devotion to him is not genuine he knows completely it's like there's no there's no need to even try to like say I'm, I'm praying and I'm trying to explain to God um, the reason for my inconsistency or for my unfaithfulness. Or, and I'm, I, I'll sit there and I'll be praying and I'll go, well, God, what had happened was... Um, and he's like, just, just stop. Just stop. I know. and That's God talking to me. I, I know everything. The stuff you were planning on not telling me or the stuff you were trying to rationalize to me. I know all of that. So just stop. We have to know that we can't fool God. But for some reason it just doesn't stop us from trying to fool other people. And that's unfortunate. The interesting thing about today's passage is the Pharisees in... True Pharisee fashion, they're not trying to fool God, it seems. They're trying to fool people, and they're unsuccessful all the way around. And it it shows us, I think, a really valuable lesson about why that's so uh, foolish of an idea for us. If we will just get in touch with the truth and understand, okay, God knows me completely, so why don't I just be real? why don't I just be honest? Right? I'm not helping anybody, least of all myself, trying to be um, dishonest or, or not say how things really are with me or with the situation. I might as well just be truthful. And I, you know, my grandfather used to tell me this all the time, and I always thought he was just so wise. It turns out he borrowed this quote from somebody else because I saw it attributed to some, but here's what he always used to say you always tell the truth, then you never have to remember what you said, and you don't have to cover it up with another story, because, you know, if you just tell the truth, and then it doesn't matter what you said, it's always the truth. So today, Jesus is going to show us some truth, and he's going to teach three different groups when he does it. So let's read uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 20, and uh, just discuss that a little bit. After we do so. Here's what the Bible says. The words will be on the screen to follow along. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 1. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, well, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Ouch. For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever I have that would help you has been given to God, or korban, the Hebrew word dedicated to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors Me with their lips, but their heart is far away from Me. But in vain do they worship Me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. After Jesus called the crowd to Him, He said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Then the disciples came and said to Him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended When they heard this statement, but he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind, and if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. Jesus said, Are you still lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and then is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. Father, I pray today, you would speak to our hearts clearly, help us to understand the truth of this Word and help us be obedient to it for our good and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You know, sometimes we can hear the truth and it just... Either it doesn't sink in or maybe it does sink in and it's so difficult we just don't want to hear it. That's that's usually the case. It's not that we don't understand. It's just Maybe it's just inconvenient or uncomfortable because we know when somebody tells us the truth, if it doesn't sit right with us, we know, okay, well, okay, I, I, I get that, so now I'm going to have to... Reevaluate some things in my life, and I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to ignore it. Right? I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear that, even though we did, and we did understand. And, and this is, unfortunately, kind of what happens to the Pharisees. They have come, I mean, if you just look at verse 1 and think about the setting here, they didn't just happen to show up, right? And they didn't just, oh, look, there's Jesus. Let's see what He's doing. That's not what happened. They pursued Him just for the purpose of causing an argument or trying to uh, pick apart something He's doing or saying or teaching or something His disciples are doing based on His instruction. And so if you look at the first thing we read in verse 1, some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem. He's not in Jerusalem. They traveled just to pick a fight. And unfortunately, as will always happen when you're picking a fight with Jesus, they traveled a long way for that whipping, you know, to lose an argument. But they did, just the same. So Pharisees and scribes come from Jerusalem. The first thing we're going to see is Jesus is going to teach these Pharisees. Jesus teaches the Pharisees. The first group of people, they're the ones who start the argument. And they ask the question, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands when they eat bread. Now, a couple things to notice real quick for this. Who do they have a problem with? The disciples. The action of the disciples. Who do they ask the question to? Jesus. Why do they do that? Jesus is the leader. Jesus is the teacher. So they're skipping over the people who are doing something they uh, disagree with, and they're going straight to the teacher of those people because they take that step of saying, okay, well, if they're doing that, Jesus must have told them, so we'll just go straight to him. He's the one we want to fight with anyway. So they go to Jesus and they ask this question. And so just so we'll know, uh, again, and Leon Morris put this so well, he said, it wasn't that the Pharisees were paying a pastoral visit to Galilee and happened to come across Jesus. They had come expressly to confront him. And they did, and they instantly regretted it. Because they asked their question, then Jesus answers their question with a question of his own, verse 3. He answered and said to them, well, why do you break God's commandment?" You think they're breaking a tradition. And so Jesus says, Well, why are you breaking the commandments of God? You think your traditions are so precious, and you're upset that these disciples aren't doing things the way. Oh, this, this is. Y'all be careful. Put on your thick skin real quick. The disciples are doing things in a way we hadn't always done it that way. You ever heard that? You ever hear that in a church? Well, we've always done it that way. Just side note, that's never a good reason for doing something. Never. Does the Bible teach it? Is it helpful to glorify God? Does it help make disciples? Does it help spread the gospel? Awesome. But it's never just, well, we've always done it that way. That's never enough. So Jesus asked them, Why do you break the commandment of God because of your tradition? And then look what he says. He sets these two things side by side. He says, God said, and then he says, but you say. And so which one's more important, right? It's what God says, right? So he says, God said, honor your father and mother. God said, whoever speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. Kids, pay attention. Speak evil of father or mother. You see what the Bible says. He's quoting the Old Testament it's put to death. I'm not I didn't write it. I'm just delivering it. God said, whoever speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. And then he says you say you can give I'm paraphrasing. You can give to God and just forsake your parents. And there was this Hebrew custom. It's the Hebrew word korban and and what it means is if this is dedicated to God, then you're you're um relieved of the obligation to help your parents. And so what people would do, it doesn't mean that it was actually given. It just means that someone can say, understand the, the, the events here, you can say, well, this is dedicated to God. I'm In other words, I'm going to give this to God as an offering. And if you say that, then you don't have to Share that with anybody else. So, so people were abusing that principle and saying, "Oh well, hey, can you help me with oh, I'm sorry, I, I've got, I can't, because this is set aside for my offering. Now whether or not they give it is another story, but they can say that, and once they say that, then they're relieved of that obligation, based on the tradition of the Pharisees, not based on God's word understand what's happening the Pharisees have created this rule this tradition and and so if you give to god or even just claim you're going to give to god then you can forsake your parents and jesus tells them you valued your tradition more than the word of god you're supposed to be the religious teachers and leaders but you're you're elevating your tradition Above what God says. And that's not a good thing. David Turner said that Jesus twice, he, he, he twice in this one passage, He twice refers to the tradition as your tradition. Not uh, biblical precedent. It's your tradition. And He does not view these traditions as having authority on the same par as God's Word. And so, Jesus is setting the Pharisees in contrast to God because Jesus actually quotes the Scriptures. He quotes commandment number five, honor your father and mother, and then he quotes uh, out of Leviticus when he says, whoever speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death, and he says, God said, but you say, so there's opposition. right? And, And by the way, we should just remember, any time there's two opinions and one of them is labeled God said and the other one is labeled you say or you think, um, those are not the same. God said is always uh, more valuable and more truthful than "Well, I think or I say. Okay? So it's always God's Word that's going to come out on top. And so when Jesus points this out to them, then he quotes the passage of Scripture that I read at the beginning of the service this morning, Isaiah chapter 29, beginning in verse 13. And he quotes that here in verses 8 and 9, but first he says, You hypocrites, Isaiah had it right when he prophesied about you. Now let me point out one thing about the Isaiah passage. Isaiah was not specifically talking about this instance. Okay? He wasn't just talking about these Pharisees seven hundred and fifty years later. He was talking to Israel. He was talking to God's people back in Isaiah. But this applies what Jesus is doing, he's saying he's applying that truth to this situation. Okay? So just, just so you'll know how that that works. When he says, rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you He's saying, yeah, that wasn't the original context, but it sure does work right here because this is what you're doing. And then he says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know what that means in in layman's terms? You talk a good game, but you sure don't back it up. Yeah, you You make speeches. Sounds real good. Sounds amazing. Does this put you in mind of anybody? Uh, to, to Just to, to quote a phrase uh, from a, a recent song, rich men north of Richmond, ring a bell. A lot of people are good at talking, not very good at following through and keeping their word. And, and so Isaiah is brought into this context as a quote from his prophecy to apply to the Pharisees. And in verse 9 he says, "...in vain." They worship me. You know what vain means? Empty, worthless. They worship in vain. So the Pharisees, Jesus says, you're just, you're just trying to check boxes, but it's not really, it's not really uh, achieving anything. You're worshiping in vain, and you're teaching as doctrine the precepts of men. So what he's trying to tell them is, you talk really, really well, but you don't do anything. And your worship means nothing because you're teaching your own... Listen, Pharisees teach their own rules and then call it God's Word. Unfortunately, churches are not exempt. Some, some churches, uh, some denominations, uh, not, not entire denominations, but it happens many times, some churches will adopt principles and teaching and then call it God's Word and it's not God's Word it's it's a rule that's built around God's Word but it's not God's Word but they'll elevate it to being just as important as if it were God's Word that's a problem if I listen if I ever tell you something and I and I start my sentence by saying, "Well, I think," or "I believe," and then say, y'all just stop me right there, okay? Because I think, or I've heard it said, or I believe, is never a substitute for the Bible says. It's always the Bible says. It's God says. It, you, you don't ask my family. Nobody needs my opinion. Okay, you, you, you don't need you don't need to know what I think. I'll tell you, but you know that doesn't mean it's valuable. What God says is valuable. What God says is the truth. It's not what I think. It's not even what I think God says. It's what God says. Period. It's only God's truth. And so Jesus is trying to make that abundantly clear. See, human traditions engage the lips, but only God's Word can engage the heart. We we want the heart. God wants the heart. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. I pray God never says that about us. That, that's not where we want to be. Because that puts us squarely in line with the Pharisees. Jesus teaches the Pharisees. Number two, Jesus teaches the crowds. Real briefly here, just in two verses, verses 10 and 11, Jesus is going to pull the crowds in to help them understand what He's just told to the Pharisees. And He says, Here... And understand. That's almost like a a given, right? Anytime we're reading the Bible, anytime we're listening to a preacher, doesn't doesn't need to be me necessarily. Any preacher you're listening to, if they're preaching from the Bible, it's like God is saying, Hear and understand. This is what you want to you want to hear the word, you want to understand the word, and then look at what he tells them. Very simply. What enters the mouth does not defile the man. What comes out of the mouth defiles the man. Here's what that means. What's the, what's the conflict here? Your Remember the original conflict. Your disciples aren't washing their hands before they eat this bread. Okay. So Jesus' point is it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. In other words, it's not what you eat. It's not this or that little man-made rule. It's How do you speak? you remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 in in Luke's uh, recording of the Sermon on the Mount? A good man brings forth good things from the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings forth evil things from the evil stored up in his heart. And, And you know what the principle is? For out of the overflow of a man's heart His mouth speaks. That's what Jesus is saying. It's not what you're eating or not eating that's going to defile you. What's coming out of your heart and coming out of your mouth? How are you speaking to people? How are you treating people? How are you living with other people around? How are you conducting your life? That's what defiles you because it's a picture of your heart. Did you know that? Stress, difficult circumstances don't so much build character as they demonstrate character. So when you're in, a, you're in a tight spot and things get stressful and you don't have time to necessarily think through what you're about to do or say and it just comes out, whatever's in your heart is coming out. So just be aware, if what's in your heart is not that pretty, then whenever you get in a difficult situation, whatever comes out is what's really there. For better or worse, that's what happens. And so Jesus is trying to explain that to the crowds after he has pointed it out to the Pharisees. Leon Morris said that people should take more notice of the significance of their words than of the possibility that their hands may have made contact with some source of ritual defilement. We're talking about pure hearts. How does our heart influence what comes out of our mouth? And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to the crowds. The last thing, though, is Jesus teaches the disciples. You remember through the parables, the last few chapters of Matthew, The parables are for the crowds, and they hear it, but they don't necessarily understand. And then he pulls the disciples aside, and he explains, this is what I mean, this is what I'm trying to tell you. And that's exactly what happens here. Because when he gets to verse 12, and Peter makes a statement, (laughs) this is so funny, Um, Peter says, you know, you know those Pharisees were offended when you said that. And Jesus, I can just... Sometimes you can just kind of picture what you think Jesus' facial expression looked like. And Peter said, you know those Pharisees were offended when you said that. Oh, really? That's nice. I don't care. The Pharisees got offended by the truth, mind you. It wasn't just they were offended because they were thin-skinned or whatever. They were offended because Jesus told the truth. And so when Jesus was informed about that, look at his response. He says every plant not planted by the heavenly Father is going to be uprooted, and then he looks. He, he talks about the Pharisees and says they're like the blind leading the blind. And, and then look at this direction he gives the Pharise to gives the disciples about the Pharisees. Just let them go. Just let them go. Don't worry with them. They're not going to listen to you anyway. You ever encounter somebody like that? You can talk to your blue in the face. You can be so clear, so simple, so logical, and it's like they just don't get it. They, just don't, they don't want to get it. They're convinced of their particular position on a subject, and it doesn't matter what you say, or how you say it, or how long you say it, they're just not going to get it. They're not going to listen. That's the Pharisees. They don't, they don't care to hear what Jesus has to say. They don't care to understand because Jesus says, if the blind lead the blind, they're both fall, fallen into a pit. And it's at this point that Peter asks for some clarification of this teaching. And, and you see how Jesus responds to that. Really? You still don't get it? You still don't understand? Remember, this is after multiple parables. You go back to the last couple of chapters of Matthew. Multiple parables. Multiple explanations. And Peter says, can you explain this to us? And Jesus is disappointed in his response of how they still lack understanding. But he explains it more simply. And here's what he says. Everything you eat goes in the stomach and then it's gone. Right? Out of the body. Gone. Everything you say, though, comes from the heart. That's where the defilement comes. That's what defiles the man. And then he lists all, uh, like a sample of all kind of things that can come out of your heart when it's not good. And he starts with evil thoughts, right? But then he like goes down the second half of the Ten Commandments, like in order. Like you start with commandment number six, murder. And he says murder, adultery, theft, false witness, slander. You know what commandments six, seven, and eight are? Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal. There they are, right there in order. And then you know about bearing false witness at the end? False witness and slander. So he's talking about, and you remember the difference in the two parts of the Ten Commandments? How the first four are our relationship to God and the second six are our relationship to each other. And so he's concentrating on our relationship to one another in the things that come out of our hearts, he says all kinds of evil comes from the heart, and he lists all those things as, a, as an example. And it's the evil things that come out of our hearts, that's what defiles us. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile a person. What's Jesus always interested in? Is it primarily rule following? No. What's in your heart? What is in your heart right now? Are you paying attention to the Bible? Are you listening to what God's saying to you? Are you spending time in prayer? Or are you just kind of off in your own little world, you know, talking to people around you? Or are you just, you know, not paying attention to what God has for you? Like, is your Bible open right now? Are, are, are Are you engaged in what God has to say? Those types of things. Jesus is not concerned, well, did you check this box? Did you check this box? No. What's in your heart? And how does that manifest itself in your life? What's going on in your life? He's putting emphasis on the heart. That's where good or evil, that's where it begins. That's where it takes its origin. And he's warning his disciples. Don't let your personal desires or just whatever you feel like, don't let that guide your actions. You want to you know something interesting? This will sum it up. What does the world constantly tell us to do? Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. What, what does the Bible say about that? In Jeremiah 17. The heart is wicked and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And that's what the world wants you to follow? Oh, just just do whatever makes you happy? Really? If If I did whatever made me happy all the time, I'd be in hell. Jesus has so much more for us, oh, we just do what makes you happy. That's a lie from the devil. Maybe we need to redefine what true joy and happiness looks like. And maybe we need to start by opening up God's Word and seeing what God has to say about it. I want to read this quote in conclusion. It's the last slide. It's a quote from David Turner. And he says, The church is mandated to teach disciples to obey all that Jesus commanded. That's Matthew 28, 19. Not all of its own traditions, even though such traditions are purportedly developed from scriptural inferences. You know what that means? When Jesus left a great commission with the church, He said, Teach them to observe all that I have commanded. He didn't say, teach them to be good church members and to follow rules. Now granted, does that mean are those things necessarily different? Not necessarily. No. But he said, teach them what I have commanded. Not what man has created. And there's sometimes a difference. So here's, here's what it looks like. We... We have to ask ourselves this question in all honesty. What are we really doing here? Seriously, what are we really doing here? Are we worshiping the Lord or are we just playing games? Are we following Jesus or are we just trying to keep up an image? Are we obeying the Word of God or are we just living for ourselves and hoping people don't notice? Unfortunately, all of this reminds me of Clemson football. And just a side note, I just wanted to all all who are concerned, um, the Clemson Carolina football game at the end of the year this year, they just reported yesterday that it's free admission because nobody should have to pay to see either one of those teams play this year. So they're just going to let everybody in if you want to go. That's not true. I just thought it was funny. Um, So here's the thing. This is why it reminds me of football. I love the off-season. Because off-season, everything is about potential and expectations. We've got all this talent. We've got all these new freshmen that are going to make a major impact. We've got the best offensive coordinator in the country. It's going to be an amazing year, right? Nope. Not at all. You know why? Because sooner or later right around labor day all the talk is over you got to suit up and get on the field and perform and sometimes all that talk doesn't translate all those statistics all those things on paper don't translate to success on the field People people say it all the time. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna they blow them out. Or the opposite. They're gonna lose. It's not gonna be close. They got no chance. And you know what I always say, regardless of which comments made, still got to play the game. You got to play the game because otherwise, why even play? If everything's just based on talk. Then why don't you just take the statistics preseason? Just don't go ahead and just pick. Well, I think this person's gonna win this game and they're gonna lose this. And just go ahead and pick and be done for twelve games and don't even play. Right? But that's not how it works. You gotta get out on the field and play the game and prove that all the talk wasn't just talk. Right? You gotta put your money where your mouth is. You're not gonna be judged by the hype. You're going to be judged by one thing. What do you do on the field when the game is played? So, in the words of the great theologian Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Right? So what are we doing? What are we doing individually? What are we doing as a church... Are we just going to try to talk a good game? Or are we really going to try to play a good game? Are we going to try to perform? Are we going to follow Jesus? Are we going to obey Scripture? Or are we just going to talk about what it means to follow Jesus and obey Scripture? Because... One thing you learn from these Pharisees and learn from Jesus and His explanation, the time for talking is long past. It's time for action. Actions that demonstrate a life devoted to Jesus. It's not just words. It's action. Let's pray. Message from God's Word. For more information on Berlin Baptist Church, we invite you to explore our website at www.berlinchurchsc.org.